I think we're on now. All right. Well, I just open in prayer. Father, we praise you. We just give thanks as we look to your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord, you give us inspiration, insight, Father God, that uh, we can do greater things for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's start off with the nugget. Anybody have one? <laughs> well, I... Okay, I'll give you one then. To transform your life. To transform your life. You must be willing. To transform your life, you must be willing to change your mind. One more time. To transform your life, you must be willing to change your mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to start off giving you some statistics, okay? Uh, the Since, you know, we're getting close to uh, voting time and elections, you're going to maybe figure out what's going on here a little bit, okay? It's not on elections, but it could be. The population of this country is 200 million, in which 84 million are retired. This leaves 116 million in the workforce. There are 75 million in schools. That means 41 million are in the workforce. If you're writing this down, you'll find out. This is a total of 22 million employed. Uh, okay. uh, there, there is a total of 22 million employed by the federal government. Which brings us down to 19 million in the workforce. There are 4 million in the armed forces. Which leaves 15 million in the workforce. We have those who work for the state and city and government, uh, state governments. There are some 14.8 million of those people. That leaves just 200,000 in the workforce. There are approximately one, 188,000 people in hospitals at given time, at a given time, okay? Just leaving a mere 12,000 in the workforce. <laughs> Currently, there are 11,998 people in jail, <laughs> which leaves just two people in the workforce. <laughs> you and me, and you're just sitting there Okay. Uh, I'm stressed. <laughs> so what creates stress? We're going to talk about stress this morning. Are you saying you're stressed? You want to change that? Well, according to that, I would be stressed. <laughs> Only one person in the workforce. <laughs> so what creates stress? 
Nowadays, there are many situations that produce stress within us. We have stressful jobs. We have stressful relationships. We have stressful responsibilities. Stress causes unnecessary strain, frustration, and robs one of peace. People ruled by stress will more than often make poor choices. Okay. Do you this morning feel stressed? You can't take it anymore. Many believers don't seem to find the peace that they need because of stress. Okay. There are three major stresses that everyone faces. One, um, re relational stresses. This deals with family, friends, and your good neighbors, or your bad neighbors, whatever it may be. <laughs> Uh, then there's the financial stress, uh, living paycheck to paycheck, uh, trying to make ends meet. This often uh, brings about divorces. Then you have occupational stress. This is the people at work. Then there's your benefits. And then there's, there's security. Well, you can have your job, you know, tomorrow, so forth. Uh, in Psalms uh, 134, verse 14, you don't need to turn there, I've got it written down. King David said, seek peace and pursue it. If you have peace, you don't have stress. Amen. All right? We need to seek the peace of God and pursue it throughout our day. Morning, noon, and night. In the midst of uh, stressful situa situations, so that we don't build up or accumulate an ever-growing stress in our lives. You know, uh, sometimes we just go through the day and we just let this thing pile up and the next day it's piled up and the next day, and pretty soon you just, mm, I can't take it anymore. You know, you don't want that. Uh, those who are aware of God's presence during daily activities, let me read that again. Those who are aware of God's presence during daily activities are free from stress. They enjoy peace. Let's go to Psalms 55 at this point. That's Psalms 55. Let's look at it. In verse 22. Cast thy burdens upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never let the... Uh, never Suffer the righteous to be moved. So if we throw things on the Lord, cast things on, <laughs> on the Lord, we won't have stress, we will have peace. Amen. We've got to learn to throw things on the Lord. When they come up, not three days later, after you begin to pull your hair out and you know, trying to figure out things, get rid of it right away. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Apostle Paul uh, also knew the importance of peace and being stress-free. Uh, he began many of, of, of his epistles with the words, Grace and peace be unto you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then at the end of the epistles, oftentimes he wrote, Grace and mercy and peace be yours. So he knew that 
We li- he lived in stressful times and we live in stressful times. And too many of us carry the burden of stress, okay? Now there is a difference. Uh, okay, pardon me. The difference is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve, but what he has given us. Grace is the only way you can uh, have peace. It's through grace you have peace, okay? Okay, peace is the beginning and the ending. From beginning and ending all the way through. For Christians to be well, have well-being. So if you have peace at the very beginning, to the end of your life, all the way through, it's perfect. Stress-free. Stress-free. You know those that, uh, we, look at, we look at the old, older people, and you know the stress they have. They've got all these wrinkles. So, if you look in the mirror <laughs> and you see some wrinkles, get the stress off. <laughs> You're not living a stress-free life. You look at Sarah. She was beautiful at, at 90 and 100 years of age. No stress. That's why she was beautiful. So some of us need to take a cue there. Okay. As, a, as children of God, peace should be our normal state. For, yeah. Unfortunately, many believers have failed to obtain or find it. So we're going to be trying to look at that. Stress is unhealthy. It brings all sorts of things upon you. Um, when we try to ignore stress, um, when we try to ignore our stress, it works out to be negative and forms different bad patterns. So we need to, you know, confront the stress and throw it out. No, you know, don't let it sit there and fester. Uh, it could be you could say that it's the little thing that besets you, sets you aside. We need to remove the stress. Okay. Grace, mercy, and peace are very are all very important foundations for all believers. So we're not looking at grace and mercy, we're looking at peace this morning and, and stress. Okay, let's go to now the book of the New Testament and find the book of Philippians. And we want to go to chapter 4. And looking at verse 6, it reads from the King James, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Uh, Let's go to verse uh, the Amplified. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Anxiety could be stress. 
But in, everything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, define request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Hallelujah. There, so there's certain conditions that must be met to have peace. Amen? Glory to God. We're going to have lunch. We're about done. Some people's cooking. Well, <laughs> no one may have a Jericho march or something. <laughs> First thing it says, we, not, we need to be careful of nothing, but we need to pray. We must pray about everything. So if, if stress raises its ugly head up, we need to pray. You notice Jesus always prayed. Amen. He removed the stress. He says, okay, Father, what, what is your will? You know, well, I'm, I'm not going to try to figure this one out. What's your will? So we need to start praying. Amen. Right living starts with right praying. So we need to find out God's will or the Father's will. Right living starts with right praying. Then after praying, it says we need to what? Have thanksgiving. Yes, amen. We are told to be thankful. Amen. Well, do you, do, you, do you thank the Lord for your family? Yes, amen. No family feuds? You know, that type of thing? Okay. How about friends? Amen. Your good neighbors. <laughs> Are you thankful for your church? Amen. How about your job? What about your health? I mean, you might say, well, those are minor things, you know. But you don't bring them up. You don't think. How many times, how many times in a week have you thanked God for your friends? Be honest. I'm putting a lot of stress on you right now. <laughs> Well, about, how about you? How many times you get up in the morning and say, Thank God I have a job or I'm going to work? How many times do you do that? Thank God I've got a car or I've got a home. The kids are healthy. Amen. The workers are healthy. I mean, do you do it daily or do you just kind of, well, you know, this. Hello. We, we need to. Thank God. It makes, it makes sense that God likes to hear us express gratitude towards Him. Right. Amen. I mean, as a parent, uh, I love to he have heard my kids say, hey, you know, thank you, Dad. Thank you. Or here, thank you, Mom, for the meal or, you know, this or that. You love to hear that. Right. But how many times do we say that to our Heavenly Father? Oh, God, things are getting bad. The battery in my car is going out. I got four ball tires. I haven't got a raise in years. I think that's what God hears most of the time. It's not, thank you, Lord. 
I got a car that rolls on ball tires. Glory to God. <laughs> no friction there. I mean... <laughs> you got to be thankful. Or you might be using your shoe leather. <laughs> Hello. Okay, let's go to verse 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding keeps your, keeps your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. We need the peace of God. Yes, Jesus says, I give my peace unto thee. Right. Glory to God. Amen. How many times did you see Jesus get stressful? Oh, I wonder if this is going to work. No, he wasn't stressed about anything because he prayed. In the morning, he started off prayer. Then if, it, if need be, he prayed all night to get things done. Most of us sleep all night. And then we, when we are waking up in the middle of the night, we say, not me, send it to Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> I need my sleep. Got to get rid of these wrinkles. Stress marks. Okay. The peace of God. Peace is something that you can't manufacture. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. The only way to have peace is to be at peace with God. Know God, who He is. That he loves you. He's given you everything. Amen. Glory to God. Keep your hearts and minds. The heart is the spirit. The heart is the core of man. It's the center of our life. Amen. He says keep that peace there. Don't let it stray. Don't let stress get in there and wreck it. How many ever see people bite at their nails? That's stress. Okay, nobody ever bites chicken their nails. <laughs> can't be stress. We can't have stress. The enemy doesn't want you to feel the peace of God. And he certainly doesn't want you to pray. And what's the first thing we need to do? It said, so. If we pray, then we know we're going to get the peace of God. But if we don't pray, we're not going to get the peace of God. So the enemy's got you behind the eight ball when you don't pray. Oh, boy. Prayer means more than prayer before each meal and when you go to bed. We need to pray all the time. Jesus prayed. I mean, if he prayed, if Jesus had to pray, what makes us think that we don't have to pray? Think about it. He was perfect, yet he prayed. We 
We're perfect in God's eyes, but are we praying? There's a little difference there. So when stress approaches, you must be prepared to speak to God. Don't let these things hang around. It'd be like that cartoon character in Peanuts. It's Linus that has a cloud, or is it Pigpen or whatever, has that cloud walking around with him all the time. Hey, that's stress. It's, it's walking wherever you go. It's dirty. It's no good. Amen. Get washed by the word. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, verse 8. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So stress is a mental thing. It bogs you down. So what are you putting your mind on? What kind of magazines or books? What websites do you go to? What type of music are you listening to? Or what movies are you watching? Everything we put our minds, everything we put into our minds affects the way we think. Just like the computer. Garbage in, garbage out. And uh, I wonder what our computer looks like. What does God see? Or who's trying to put, uh, well, God sees you perfect, but I mean, what does, what does the enemy try to do putting that computer of yours? Well, you, we've got to. <laughs> now, I don't know too much about computers. I, about the only thing I do is hit the on button and it's supposed to come on. But, you know, the enemy knows how to get into each computer and how to uh, put, what, what do you call those things? Viruses and, and uh, all that other trash. He's good at it. I mean, you, you go on your, your computer and all of a sudden, blip, 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 blip. And some of us are so naive, we just watch it. Hello, we, I wonder how that got there. Guess what? The enemy puts it there. And you got a perfect screen up there. It sees every detail. Man, and then when you let your imagination go, that detail gets vivid. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. We all have problems or situations that we need to clean up. Okay? So what's the largest influence you have right now in your life? Other things are prayer. What's more important? Hmm. Sure got quiet out there. 
Again, praying leads to right thinking, which leads to right living. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 15. That's Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 15. Look at uh, the very first part of verse 13. It says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. From the Amplified, a glad heart makes cheerful countenance. Wow. And also, there's another place that says, A merry heart is good like a medicine. Wow. So to get rid of stress, you need to laugh. You know, they say that a lot of people, uh, it's been uh, diagnosed or something that a lot of people that have some hideous, uh, diseases. They say if they would watch some of the old movies, the Keystone Cops, Buster Keaton, and uh, our gang comedy type things, where there's a lot of uh, slapstick, slapstick comedy, people begin to laugh. And it begins to change their health issues. We need to laugh. Oh boy. Okay. You don't want to do it? That's fine. Okay. Proverbs 15. You like to laugh, right? What does that mean, laughter? So let's go to verse 15, 15, part B. But he that is a merry heart hath a continual feast. Wow, from the Amplified. But he that has a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of the circumstances. Glory to God. You can laugh at things. You don't have to be stressful. Just laugh at it. God's got it. I've cast it on the, on the Lord. And what does it, what does the Lord? Oops. What does the Lord say? That He laughs at His enemies when they try to make plans against Him. He just laughs. He says, <laughs> "You you're trying to do this to me. You can't do it." And He's telling us to do the same thing when when stressful things come at us. To try to take our peace. We need to laugh at it because I cast them all onto the Lord. Glory to God, I'm free. Yes, amen. Then you can dance a jig or whatever. Amen. Is a jig uh, Scottish or Irish. Irish? Okay, for the Irish media, dance a jig. Uh, I guess <laughs> Scots, Scots can blow the bag back. But... <laughs> Blow the bagpipes, all right. Do something. <laughs> Smoke a bag? Where did you get that? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody said you've been had so much bad weed or something, you come up like that. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 4 a moment. 
Okay. Talking about stress. In Philippians chapter 4, looking at verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. Uh, from the amplifier. Not that I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am in. We need to be content. Yes, amen. Like we said, we cast those things off on the Lord. Okay, what, what about that? What else? This, we need to cultivate contentment. Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Looking at verse 8. You got your clothes on this morning, right? Okay, and we are going to what? Eat. So let's look at verse 8. Having food and raiment. We got it covered, don't we? Let us be there, therefore uh, content. Uh, from the Amphite. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content or satisfied. You need to be satisfied today. Amen. You got some good clothes and you're going to get your belly full. Oh, she said, go to verse 7. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we will carry nothing out. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, turn with me now to the book of Hebrews. We're looking at contentment at this time. And we want to go to the 13th chapter of Hebrews. Verse 5. That's Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's good. Uh, from the Amplified, it says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, craving of earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances, and with what you have. For he, God, himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, forsaken, nor let you down. Relax, hold on to you. Amen. Assuredly not. Glory to God. Hey, that's good news. That's contentment. Amen. Hallelujah. That's cultivating, cultivating contentment. Knowing who you are. Knowing who God is and what He... He's your Father. He's given us all things. He gave us His best. He gave us His Jesus. So anything else other than Jesus is minor. He wants to have a contempt. He, wants, he doesn't want us to have stress in our lives. Okay, let's go back to the book of Proverbs chapter 15 once, once more. That's Proverbs chapter 15. And we want to go to verse... Or look at verse 21 through 23. Folly is, uh, verse 21, that's uh, Proverbs 15, beginning with verse 21. 
Folly is joy to him that is destitute of wisdom. But a man of understanding walk, walketh uprightly, without counsel, purposes, and disappointment. But in the multitude of counsels they are, they are established. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season how good it is. Glory to God. From the Amphite, folly is pleasure to him who is without heart and sense. But a man of understanding walks uprightly, making straight his course. Where there is no counsel, purpose, are flus- purposes are frustrated, but with many counselors they are accomplished. A man has joy in making an apt answer and a word spoken in a right moment. How good it is. In other words, we need not only cultivate contentment, but we need to walk in the wisdom that God has given us. And he's given us his word, all 66 books of the Bible, to give us wisdom. To follow some examples and to avoid other examples. Now, just kind of tilting this a little bit different. We're still talking about stress. When Jesus died on the cross, he died in your place, my place. He endured the cross for us, for each and every one of us as individuals. So that means everything that was supposed to be on us, he took. So he set us free. We, he became our substitute. Um, I would say in sports, when some people are needing substitutes to put somebody else in there. In the, in the theatrical and uh, movies, they have substitutes. People are, are, are lookalikes. So the star has a substitute. And when they get in a fight, the star steps out and the substitute steps in. And guess what happens to the substitute? He takes the beating. And then, and then you know, when, when, when the beating's over, he starts throwing the, start the good punches and everything where he beats the bad guy and the star walks in and he beats him up. So who took, who took the worst of it? The substitute. Jesus took the substitute. He exchanged things for us. That we don't have to. And then, then he says, hey, you're looking good. You're looking good. Okay, let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 53. In Isaiah chapter 53. Verse 5, uh, verse that we hear. That's Isaiah 53. Verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Glory to God. From the Amplified, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement need needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him. We are healed and made whole. Glory to God. He paid for everything. That's why you can have, you and I can have peace. We don't have have stress. It's vital for us to embrace this. He did it all. We are free. Glory to God. 
free to walk in freedom, free to walk in peace, glory to God, peace with God. So that means, just looking at this scripture here, we need to be righteous conscious. Right thinking, not sin conscious. And uh, a few years back, um, when you were, when somebody got became born again, oh, you can't, you can't believe that because all have short, fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, all have, but I've been redeemed. You can't, I, you can't put me in that category. I'm no longer in that category. Amen. Neither are you. Amen. You are not half Christian and half sinner anymore. Amen. Uh, the bumper sticker. Uh, what is I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm forgiven. I can't remember that crazy bumper sticker. I don't like the bumper. Yeah, I don't know. There's one that says, anyway, it's a bumper sticker that, that said, you know, um, I'm a Christian, but yeah, that, I'm a Christian, but be patient with me, showing that, hey, I'm still, hey, you're, you're, Negating who you are. God doesn't see you that way. He sees you perfect. You can do no wrong. And the enemy's yelling at God, He did wrong! Look at him! God said, I don't see it. He's covered by the blood. What are you talking about? I think that nothing made perfect. But he's expecting us to clear up things if we mess up. 1 John 1 9, a lot of, and the grace message says you can't, you know, it's, it, hey, you're perfect, you can do anything you want. No, that's not the case. You want, you want to walk with God, not against Him. Amen? Okay. We are restored unto God. We are believers. We are new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away, all things become new. We need to accept what God has said of us. We need to accept what God sees in us. Amen. Uh, let's turn now to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 16. That's the last verse of... Uh, 1 Corinthians 2. It says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. From the Amplified. But for who has known and understood the mind, the counsels and purposes of the Lord, so that as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, to do and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Hey! No stress. He prayed. Amen. Remove stress. Amen. Let's, start, let's start our day praying. Yes, right. Pray as much as you can. Amen. And when you run out of English or your native tongue, go into your heavenly tongue. Amen. And you can be like Apostle Paul, I pray more than all, you all, in tongues. So get your southern accent on and go for it. 
Amen. Glory to God. We have the mind of Christ. Our mind is renewed by reading of the Word of God. He pours His nature into us through the Word. Our mind is transformed by it. Glory to God. We are conformed into His image as we read the Word and adapt it, follow it, bring it into our lives. The point is God wants us to embrace peace. Not stress, embrace peace. Uh, back up one book, which would mean we going into Romans and find the fifth chapter of Romans. Verse 1. Therefore, uh, uh, Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace, glory to God, with God through the, through the Lord Jesus Christ. From the Amplified. Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Hallelujah. Justified. You have, you, just like, they say justified, just like I have never done it. You're clear. You got a, a clear slate. Amen. Glory to God. I am redeemed. You've been bought with a price. You're righteous in God's eyes. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And let's turn to one other scripture. And we want to go to Colossians chapter 1. That's Colossians chapter 1. Beginning with verse 20. That's Colossians 1, verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things on earth or or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unprovable in his sight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. From the Amplified, let's read it from the Amplified. And God purposed that through, by the service and intervention of Him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to Himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as though, and as through Him, the Father made peace by means of the blood of the cross. And although you were at one time estranged and alienated from Him, and were, a, and were of hostile mind, pardon me, hostile attitude of mind in your wicked activities. Yet now has Christ the Messiah reconciled you to God 
in the body of his flesh through death in order to present you holy and faultless and irreproachable in his, the Father's presence. Glory to God. That's us. You can't pay for it. We can't pay for this. We can only embrace it, receive it. Glory to God. We have peace to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Are you ready? You, she's, uh, the wife has a couple of things that she wanted to share on this one, so I'll just bring the uh, mic to her. She can stay right there. When Pastor handed me the sermon last night and, to sh and he was sharing on what he was going to give, I started, the Lord started showing me how we lose our peace. And um, if we'll turn to Psalms 1. Do you have your amplified up there? Just pick him up and take him with you. We have a big daddy's boy up here. Okay. Jesus said, My peace I leave you, give to you, and I leave with you, not as the world gives. And um, so if he's left us his peace, not as the world gives, then we have to do something to lose it. Does that make sense? I know you're looking at the back of my head. I could paint a face back there. Anyway. No wrinkles? Yeah. I found a good filler. Okay. Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the place where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desires are in the law of the Lord and in his law or the word, the precepts and instruction, the teachings of God. He habitually meditates, ponders, and studies. Well, as I, um, the Lord started talking to me about this because he's given us his peace. But the minute that we start listening to other counsel, outside of the Word of God, we begin to lose our peace. The minute we start, you know, people listen to, a lot of people listen to the news all day long, which I don't know how they can stand it because it's the same thing all day long. And um, when we walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, we can keep our peace. But when we start to listen to what the ungodly has to say, and it does not line up with what the Word has to say. And this is the sad thing. The Word of God, not, not, to, not many Christians are strong in the Word. And I shared this, I should go on up there, but I'm, anyway, I don't think it bothers anybody. I shared this, the, I think, a couple weeks ago, how there is a snake in Africa, and it's called the, sp the spitting cobra. 
And what this snake does, it has to get its venom into a person's eyes. And so when it gets his venom into a person's eyes, then it can blind them if it isn't dealt with. And the only way that they say if, you, if, if you're wearing sunglasses, when that thing spits on you, you can literally see the venom. The only way that you can get that venom out of your eyes, the only antidote for that is milk. And of course, you're not walking out in the, you know, out <laughs> with milk. But it's like the, <laughs> we, you know, a baby Christian needs the milk of the word. We've, we've gone beyond that, but by the washing of the water of the word, we've got to get rid of this stuff. And so one thing, there's three things that the Lord showed me years ago that I need to stay away from. And the counsel of the ungodly is one. I cannot stand in the way of sinners because sinners, they do not talk positively. You know, there's one reason and one reason alone that, that we should be with sinners, and that is to shine, let our light shine and to minister to them. When we start hanging around with them, our old carnal nature and their carnal nature, which they have, we have a new nature. We've been given a new nature. But when we start hanging around with them, our old carnal nature tries to come back upon us. And so we've got to be so very careful to stay away from this, have one purpose and one purpose alone. I'm going to sit with this person or to share Jesus. I purposely, myself, go to people that aren't born again or are backslidden. I don't hire Christians normally because I feel that it's my responsibility. They might just get one time, one shot, and that might be with me to hear about Jesus. And so I don't sit down with ungodly people. And I know you guys that are out there working, you have no, you know, you have to be there. But you've got to be totally prepared and you've got to have your, your armor on. And remember, Jesus' peace he's given you. And when you start feeling that your peace is leaving, then you know that, hey, wait, I'm not built up in this area, and I need to immediately protect myself with the blood of Jesus, okay? And so it says, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. And the scornful, and we have so many scornful out there. I hate to say it, but there are a lot of Christians that are scornful. And it, like it says in the Amplified, the scornful... Sit down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. There are, you know, we live in a, a time in this age that we're living in that practically everybody that's out there are murmuring and complaining, mocking. I mean, you look at kids, it's amazing to me nowadays that the way that kids talk to their parents. My kid would have been knocked across the room the way I hear some kids talk to their, it's, it's, it's just amazing to me. But if whatever we'll allow, if we'll allow it, if we, don't, if we don't put these standards up, if we'll allow it, then there's nothing God can do to help us out if we openly say, I'm going to go ahead and keep myself in, in these, with these three types of people. If I'm going to associate with them, if I'm going to 
hang around with them, if I'm going to listen to them, then we are yielding ourselves to them instead of the Spirit of God. And so there's a couple more scriptures that I wanted to share this morning. So think about that. And you might want to, you know, you, you, could, you might say, well, you got it made because you pastor. Well, um, I'm around ungodly people a lot. <laughs> and they'll call for counsel or they're whatever. But I have to continually think about that. Jesus, peace, he left with me. I mean, Pastor and I have gone through a situation that we've had to literally fight to keep the peace of God in our lives and in our home. And as Dan said this morning, it's worship. It's the word. It's, it's God is the only way you can have that peace. So let's look at John 16, 33. You're supposed to always leave on a good note. Amen. That's what they taught us at Bible school. <laughs> You're going to start out on the negative, start out on that, and always leave on a good note. Okay, John 16, 33. Your Bible is big on my lap. Okay, and then you're going to go up there, okay? How many know it's not easy to preach out of someone else's Bible? <laughs> Guess what? I'm in Luke. <laughs> he says it's the same of mine, but it's not the same. How many know that? Okay, here we go. I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, and undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. That is such a powerful, powerful statement that Jesus said. Because he knew that we would be alive in, this, in these last days, in the times that we're in. And so he's telling us, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you have tribulation and trials and distresses and frustration. Those three types of people that he talks about. Trials, what is it? Trials, distresses, and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I, I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. The... King James says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace in the world. You shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's just like John 10, 10. Kill, steal, destroy the devil. Life and life more abundantly, Jesus. And I mean, you can line this scripture right up with John 10, 10. Okay, uh, John 14, 27. So one thing we need to do is be confident. Amen. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. 
neither let it be afraid. Let not. It says in the um, Amplified, Peace I leave with you, my own peace. I now give and bequeath to you. This is, a, this, this is like a gift. He said, I know you're going to have troubles in the world. I am giving you, I'm bequeathing this to you. That's, that's so powerful when you think about that. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. He's telling us that we cannot allow our hearts to be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and upset and unsettled. Pastor has written in his Bible, you might want to write it there, my choice. My choice. And he goes on, you have heard, verse 28, you have heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you really love me, you would have been glad because I'm going to the Father for the Father is greater and mightier than I am. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does take place, you may believe and have faith and rely on me. And then he goes on to say, um, we need to hang on to this peace. This is something that has been given to us. It's a gift. Nobody can take it from us. The only, unless we give it away. It's our choice. So we can't be agitated and disturbed. You know, strife, when strife tries to come, agitation comes, anger comes. You become disturbed inside. We can't allow those things. It's our choice. And so... That was a powerful sermon, baby. I really appreciate it. I'm going to give you back the mic. Think of these three things in Psalms 